honor God every day. There won't be a day that, that we have a need that God won't meet. Amen. I'm glad that he taught me that he would do anything by just answering the prayer that we prayed, and he done it. Thank you, Pastor, for allowing me to be here. And the response of your worship tonight, that will take you a long way towards what you're asking for. As a matter of fact, it will take you to the place that only God can answer the need and that he will do. <clears throat> I appreciate the opportunity to have been here and speaking for you folks. Um, let me read a scripture in the book of St. Luke, chapter 8 and verse 40. St. Luke, chapter 8 and 40. And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus. He was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come to his house. For he had one only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a-dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which has spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately the issue of blood stanched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitudes throng thee and press thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody has touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and fell down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace. And while he spake, there came one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered and said, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. I, I want to talk to you for a few minutes on the subject. Don't cancel the response. Don't cancel the response. You can be seated. Sometimes we ask for things, and because we don't receive it on a moment's notice, and because Jesus gets sidetracked by someone who has a very special issue, and they need the help of the Almighty God, and God can do it, and it came to pass when Jesus was returned 
The people gladly received them, for they were waiting for him. You know, uh, sometimes God comes into a service to heal one person. And sometimes the response of someone else gets his attention that he will stop what he's doing and take care of that need before he moves on to the need that he actually was going to take care of. Amen. And I feel like that's what God wants to do in this place tonight. This man fell down at the feet of the Lord and besought him. He says, uh, please come to my house because my daughter is dying. And then this is the way the story went. Uh, for he had only one daughter and she was about 12 years of age and she was dying. So while he was making his way to that house, uh, the crowd thronged him and they were pressing him and many reaching out trying to touch him. But one, this little lady for 12 years, she had been a sick lady and no doctor could do anything for her. And she had spent everything that she had that she would be made whole and nothing worked. But when she, coming from behind, crawling between the people because she was having trouble getting in because everybody wanted to touch the master. And when she finally, uh, she didn't get him by the hand or pull on his arm she just got close enough that she touched the very tip of the garment that he had on, just like that. And the master said, who touched me? Well, I, I, I wish someone would touch the master tonight because you might have to press through the throng of people. You might feel like I can't get to where he's at. But if you'd get down and crawl beneath and under and around the people that are pressing him hard. Oh, dear Lord. I, I, I went to this place one, one time to preach. And uh, I got there. And I, the first night I said, um, uh, I'm going to be here probably four or five nights. And who believes that uh, whatever you ask for, God will give it to you. And I looked and I couldn't get a response. I said, surely there's one here that if you ask God for something, he, he will do it. And uh, I seen some arms fold up and they, and then I knew when I, I seen that, that's an indication generally that um, they don't believe you. Not every time, but um, so uh, I said, I turned to the pastor. I said, Pastor, is there anybody here that believes that God will bring their children in and their family in? And he said, and I turned back around to the pulpit and I said, please, somebody tell me that they believe it. And there was a Presbyterian lady, first time ever in a Pentecostal church, was sitting over on the second seat right against the wall. And she, she looked around at the people and 
she looked back at me and she looked the other side and, and she eased her hand up and I said, ma'am, are you telling me that you believe whatever you ask for, that God would do it? She said, well, if, if, if you say it, I believe it. And my heart melted because I knew she was not used to our type of service. And so I said, all right, I'll, I'll tell you what you do. Every person you bring this week will get the Holy Ghost. If you bring one or if you bring 50, every one of them will be uh, a recipient of this wonderful Holy Ghost. And she said, you mean anybody I bring? I said, yeah. And then I saw people look around at each other. And they was wanting to see how they was responding, and they still wouldn't respond. So I, I just went over and preached to her that night. And I preached how God would do anything we ask him. And, and I said, tomorrow night, whoever you bring, they will receive the Holy Ghost. And uh, after church, the pastor says, uh, Brother Bourne, don't you need to be careful? I said, I am careful. God told me to tell them whoever believed that it would happen. So the next night she brought her three daughters and the four of them were sitting on the second pew right over here like this. And, and uh, I, I just went over and I said, there wasn't no need to preach to these other people because so, they didn't believe it. So I just preached to them. And when I got through preaching, I says, now, if you will repent of your sins, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. And they started weeping and lifted their hands in repentance and said, God, we need your help. And the Holy Ghost fell on all four of them. The mother and her three daughters. And I told them, I says, now, whoever you all bring tomorrow night, God will fill them. So the three daughters brought their three husbands. And the Holy Ghost fell on them. Oh, Lord. The lady, uh, a very religious person in her church, but God had just given her something. When she went home, told her husband what had happened, he said, I'll kill that preacher. So here I was in the sights. And uh, he, he told her, says, you cannot go back to that church. But she did. And she brought five of her family members. And all of them got the Holy Ghost. Oh, Lord. <clears throat> By Saturday night, there had been 51 that she brought, including herself. And all 51 had received the Holy Ghost. And I, I looked and uh, I turned to the pastor and I said, who, who is that man sitting back there? He said, that's her husband. And I looked at him and I said, buddy, 
if you didn't want this, you shouldn't have come. Because God made a vow to her that whoever come with her this week, the Holy Ghost would fall on them. And that man who had threatened to kill me and the pastor that week by Sunday morning, he had softened up a little bit and he was sitting there. And I looked at him and I said, oh, buddy, you just shouldn't have come if you didn't want this. He said, well, I want it. And the Holy Ghost fell on him. And he had two friends with him, and the Holy Ghost fell on them. Oh, hallelujah. Boy, that Sunday morning, there was a bunch of people who said, Brother Bourne, I believe that God will bring my family. And I said, you're too late. You had the chance to have the greatest revival you would have ever had, and you could have brought your family and God would have filled them, but you wouldn't even raise your hand and you a church member and believe that God would, would fill them with the Holy Ghost. If you brought them, you didn't believe it, but she did. And as a result, she has 54 of her family now filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> oh, Lord. I know some of you believe that it can happen, but some of you, uh, you're closing one eye because you don't want both eyes to go out. But the Holy Ghost wants to fall on some families around here. Shake you up like you have not been shaken before. And you know... And God is no respecter of person. He will do it for whoever responds in a positive manner. Oh, Lord. I'm glad that I was brought up in an era that people believe that it would happen and we could see it happen right before us and that God could raise the dead. Uh, I taught my grandchildren this, and um, my grandson is now building a home mission church. Uh, he, he works as, uh, on the AM service uh, on a helicopter, and uh, they, they were called to this uh, site where a, a man had died, and uh, they were on one flight, and time they got through, they got when they got there, uh, and they got out of the helicopter and said, "Where is the man?" The coroner, I believe it's the coroner. Uh, he's the one that pronounces them dead and writes up they died at a certain time. He had already got there, and he had written up the death certificate. And uh, when they said, "Where is the man?" and the coroner says. Y'all can leave now because we needed you and the man was dead and now we've already pronounced him dead and I've written up the death certificate so just get on your helicopter and leave. And my grandson, he said, uh, we're not going to do that. He, he believes that he can help people and not just in himself but he has God. And he has an advantage over most people. Like one day they were in the helicopter and all of a sudden 
that engine started knocking in the pilot and says, y'all better hold on, we're fixing to go down. And uh, he said, no, we're not going down. And he stood up in that helicopter and put his hand on the bottom of that engine. He says, I rebuke you, engine. And that thing smoothed out as smooth as it had ever run. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. Uh, I told him, I said, son, that's a new helicopter. Y'all just spent $14 million on that helicopter. Uh, I said, but don't go in it next week. Uh, you got a few days off, and it'll, you'll have to go back to work on that helicopter. I said, just don't go. He said, why, Papa? I said, because that helicopter's going down, and you don't want to be on it. And his boss told him, he says, yeah, you got to be on that helicopter. He called him. He says, you have to be here. He said, no, sir, I'm not going to be on it. He said, why aren't you going to come? This is your job. He said, well, um, the Lord told me that something was going to happen, and I talked it over with my pastor, and he told me if I got on that helicopter, I'd go down with it. So I'm not going down with it. He said, well, there's nothing wrong with our helicopter. But my grandson refused to go, even to the point they said he would lose his job. But the helicopter went up, and all of his buddies and the pilot uh, hit a flock of geese. And they hit them so hard that it bursted through the glass and hit the pilot and killed him. And the pilot, the helicopter went down and killed all aboard. And um, the owner of that company called him and says, why didn't you tell them? He said, well, I told you, you own it. I told you it was going down. I told you I was not getting on it because it was going down. You know, God can have you on this street when you would have been here and have you in this building when you would have been out there. But God wants you here because he wants to help you. And sometimes being here instead of out there, God would spare your life. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I am convinced that God wants to help someone around here. Dear Lord, have mercy. And Jesus said, who touched me? And when all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee, and, and thou sayest, who touched me? And Jesus said, somebody has touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. And then this woman who had the issue of blood for all of these years, uh, she finally stepped forward and says, Master, it was me. Uh, I have been sick most of my life, and there was no doctor that could help me but I heard someone say, if you could just get to the master and just touch him. My Lord, I think uh, there's people here tonight, if you would touch the master, and um, it's not necessarily at this altar, 
you can make that altar right where you're sitting right now. And you make up your mind, God, me and you is going to have a little conversation and I'm going to reach and grab you by the hand or just touch the hem of your garment. If I can just touch that, I know I'll be made whole. My Lord, I, I have seen too many that God picked up from absolute no way out and, bring, and brought them through a situation that there was no doctor, there was no medicine, there was nothing that could have helped them but the Almighty God. My Lord. And he's, he's doing all of this, and uh, before all of this happened, here's this man said, please, Master, please come to my house. My daughter is dead. There's dying, and said, uh, you got to get here. And all of a sudden, here's this lady that touches him, and then he's reaching out, and he's healing other people. And uh, finally, this man comes back, and he says, Master, uh, uh, cancel that response. It's all over. My daughter is dead. You don't don't have to come now. I'm sorry. You you, you were busy, and... uh, I thought I needed you real bad, but it's over, so just forget about coming to my house. And the Lord turned to him, and he says, uh, let's see, here's what he said. And while he yet spake, there came from him one of the rulers of the synagogue, synagogue's house, saying unto him, Thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he, he answered and said, Fear not. Believe only, and she shall be made whole. And when he came to the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John and the father and the mother of the maiden, and all wept and bewailed her. But he said, Weep not, she is not dead, but asleep. And they laughed him to scorn knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out and took her by the hand, called her, saying, Maiden, arise. And her spirit came again, and she arose straightway. And he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished. But he charged them that they should tell no man what he had done. How would you feel if you went home and found one of your family members laying in the floor dead? And the coroner gets there and he pronounces them dead. And he signs off and they're fixing to load them up. And there's no no hope whatsoever because it's over now because they done signed them out. But somebody said... uh, Pastor, could, could, could you come over? And Pastor gets there and he walks in and he says, Don't fear. <laughs> and I know what you would do. I've, I've been around the, a few years and I've seen people respond. And uh, they say, Well, no, God, you don't do that. But God can heal right now as I speak. Oh, Lord. A proper response. Uh, Is that the pastor's wife sitting right over there? 
a proper response from you. My Lord. And I don't know if it's just raising your hands or getting out in the aisle or getting someone to help you get out in the aisle. But a, a proper response right now, you could walk out of this place and not have any more problems in your life. I just, I, I am that strong in my belief. Oh, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Um, I, I'd like you to just step out in the aisle, sister. Get a couple of these ladies here with you. and uh, Your response to just a, just a s small response. Hallelujah. Come on, ladies. You come on, a couple more of you ladies come here. Because it, 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 it's not an impossibility. And I don't know you. Uh, I guess it's the first time I've seen you ever this week. But God told me this evening, he says, this is what I want to do tonight. And somehow, somehow we got to reach up and get a hold of the hem of his garment. Oh, hallelujah. If we can just get a hold of the hem of his garment. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, Lord. By the faith of a child, God let the Holy Ghost power go through this baby. God heal this lady right now, Lord. Oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Lord. Do, do you want to cancel the response and say, well, it, maybe it's not my night. This would be the perfect night for you to receive the Holy Ghost. Oh Lord. Baby, I, I, you may not like what I'm fixing to do, but the Lord said the Holy Ghost is on this little girl right now. And just the touch of her hand is going to heal people. What's your name, sweetheart? I can't hear. Lydia. Lydia. Lydia, the Lord told me that you touched someone tonight and the Spirit of the Lord is going to go through you and they're going to be healed of whatever their disease is. 
You believe God will do that? Lift your hand, sweetheart. I'm not playing a game tonight. It's, it's not a game. Just reach out and take them. That's right. Through her, the anointing of the Holy Ghost is going to fall on people.